Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Chrissy Casilio. Chrissy, welcome back to the uh, Odyssey Studios. Thanks for having me. Uh, you are new to politics. You've decided to jump in for county executive race. Why this election uh, to run your first political campaign? Because I couldn't take it anymore. Because we have never been in more need of a change than right now. And because I am the opposite of Mark Polencar's in every way imaginable. You name it. I've owned a business. He's never owned a business. I have kids. He has never raised kids. I know firsthand what everybody is going through, the real problems. It's not just, oh, times are tough getting out of COVID. Oh, it's major issues. We have affordability issues that are crippling people. It is affecting their ability to live. And I know that the government cannot control the prices of the goods, but our local government can control our taxes. And not only has there been little to no effort to lower our taxes and try to put money back into people's pockets, but he's actually increased spending by 9% in this last budget. From all the things he's trying to, to talk about, the bottom line is this. We are giving more money to the government, to Erie County, than we ever have in the history of Erie County. There is more money coming from our bank accounts into the government's bank accounts than ever before. And they're spending more than ever before. Incre Mr. Polenkars has increased the spending. He got mad at me at the St. Joe's debate because I rounded it up to a billion, but it's actually uh, over $750 million. So close enough in my eyes. Hundreds of millions of dollars in increased spending. In the meantime, we have people that can barely afford groceries Box of Cheerios is $5 a box. Do you, do you have kids? Yes. Yeah, I have I have three small kids. We go through a box of Cheerios quicker than we do a tank of gas. I mean, everything is expensive. Diapers are expensive. Formula is expensive. And we need to have leadership that's going to acknowledge that. That's besides all the other issues. But, but that was one of the bigger things that kind of drew me to this. Um, in general, we just have a different philosophy. I just believe that government is supposed to be here to serve the be the people, and we lost the basics of government. We've we don't seem to be prioritizing lowering our poverty rate. Our poverty rate is at the highest it's ever been. Like I said, we're not lowering taxes so that people life can be more affordable. We're affordable lowering taxes enough so we can say, "Oh, I lowered your taxes and reelect me," but. 
nowhere near enough to match inflation and help with any type of affordability. We have right now, we, are, we have one of the worst post-COVID economic recoveries in the entire country. I think we ranked 10th as far as being the absolute worst. We've had 100 plus restaurants close since COVID. Early intervention services are at a 90-day wait just to get an assessment, let alone get things fixed. And what, what's happening with us? We have somebody that's like, oh, no, everything's great. Give me, give me four more years to finish your job. What job? You haven't been doing your job for 12 years. You got to go. We need new ideas, new leadership. Now, I can't remember if this was in the St. Joe's debate or the Channel 4 debate or in both. Uh, but you said you want to run you know, your business experience. And your opponent said you can't run the government like a business. What's your response to that? Yeah, so here's the thing that's funny. I don't know how he would know how to run a business because he's never run a business. So equally as he says that I can't comment on government, he can't comment on running a business. But I'll tell you the key difference. The key is accountability. And that's the biggest thing I want to bring to government. I'm not saying, you know, obviously there's a way different type of way we have to serve the people in the sense that there's a diverse amount of services, there's essential services, there's a lot of important things that the government does in serving the people and keeping them alive. But in a business, if you don't have accountability for failureship, you are out of business. You are bankrupting your clients. You're, you're, you are destroying people's lives. But for some reason for government, it's completely acceptable for 47 people to die in a blizzard. And where, where's the accountability on anybody? It's completely acceptable that our fentanyl overdoses are at an all-time high. And the excuse is, oh, well, we're working on, no, no, no. This is not working. We have people dying. There's no accountability. How in the world can we can it be acceptable that our poverty rate is so high, that our economy is what it is? And I know he's trying to tell it that it's good, but people can't afford things. People can't find help. People can't get early enter intervention services. I was in Concord on Friday. We can't even get food to our seniors in a proper way. We can't even get basic transportation. We have problems with them not getting their heap in a timely manner. But, oh, you don't understand that because you haven't run a business? I know that uh, anybody that I was in charge of that was allowing those things to happen, they would no longer be in the position that they're in. You know, uh, so COVID was the first question I asked him about. You know, that was a big part of his last term, obviously. And I, I mentioned I was at a restaurant early on in COVID when they first reopened restaurants the first time. And, you know, you're sitting at a table with your mask off, enjoying yourself. And finally, after what, being locked in for so many months and the county sent officials back to the kitchen and they got written up and had to close down their business because people in the kitchen didn't have masks. Isn't that amazing? What would you have done differently in COVID? Because your opponent also said that, you know, the, the, if, if everything hadn't been shut down, a lot more people would have died. What is he, there something in the middle uh, that you could have uh, handled COVID differently? Well, first of all, I'm never going to weaponize the government like he has. And I still see that to this day where people are afraid because... He is notorious for weaponizing the government. But in my opinion, he has absolutely no right to comment about the deaths of COVID. And let me tell you why. I've told this story before, and I will tell it any chance I get. In my business, one of my clients is a nursing home group. I, I work, my business is in marketing and communications, public relations. 
One of my clients is a nursing home group. There's nursing homes all across New York State. And when Andrew Cuomo had that COVID nursing home order, I can tell you firsthand because it was part of my job to report the numbers and have to deal with the press. It was like the Grim Reaper came through our facilities. And every day, the health commissioner and the county executive saw the cases, saw the deaths, saw what was happening in our facilities, and they did nothing. To this day, he has not said a word about it. And to this day, nobody in the media has asked him why they stepped aside and allowed that to happen. I will never forgive him for that. And that's not why the what that's not the reason why I'm running, but it certainly was one of the big reasons why I started to pay big attention into county government and in general how how government works. Because not only that, but you know, he'd have those daily press conferences where he would talk to us like we were children and be condescending and scold us and then, you know, go out and send the health department to ruin businesses and let everybody know who's in power and who's got those emergency powers. He did a great job reminding us. But we were giving him the numbers. And I remember for a significant period of time, he wasn't talking about the ages of the people and he wasn't being specific on where cases were coming from. And it, and it was like, okay, so you're threatening to shut down schools again. You're threatening all these different things, but you're failing to mention that it's an outbreak at a nursing home and that all but maybe one or two of those cases are from a facility age 85 up. You're failing to mention that one of the reasons why we have this dramatic spike is a direct result from Andrew Cuomo's nursing home order and that you haven't said a thing about it. So I am not going to buy at all that he saved people's lives. If anything, his incompetence and his failed leadership cost way more lives than it should have. We'll never forgive him for that. Say covid another wave of COVID comes back, right? And you're elected county executive. Would anything be locked down? Or no. no, you have to learn from either your mistakes or other people's mistakes. And there has been enough data from COVID and enough time to show that that had little to no effect. And I believe in free choice. I believe that if you feel comfortable wearing your mask, go for it. If you don't want to wear your mask, that's fine. That's that's on you. But so many of these rules didn't make any sense. I still would like to know. And if you if you know the answer, let me know how if you're at a bar with a drink, you're going to get covid. But if you're at a bar with a drink and a sandwich, you're fine. You don't have to wear your mask. Like, none of it made sense. None of it made sense. And, and it was so excessive. It was scary in the sense of how much the government, particularly Mark Polonkars, loved to let everybody know that he was Mr. Power. It, it, I, I'll say this. I don't want to get into opinion on the show, but COVID, you look back and you say, it was some crazy times. It was sad times. But the thing is, you can't really look and say, oh, crazy times when you had 100 plus restaurants closed. When you had p- seniors, people are nursing home residents die. When you had people that are still trying to catch up educationally, um, still trying to get back on their feet when we're still not where we are, where we should be with post-COVID economy. So I can't brush it off that badly. But, um, you know, by the way, too, the the one thing that I need to make clear is let's say COVID comes again or really ever again. I'm certainly not going to have Mark Polonkars' rules for thee and not for me. So I'm not going to shut down youth hockey sports and tell people they can't play hockey and then go and play hockey with my friends. 
I can guarantee that. You bring up the uh, the um, the closed restaurants, and you know something. I think you drive around anywhere in Erie County, and this is the question I wanted to get to the uh, county executive. We just ran out of time. The empty storefronts. Yeah. And, and you see, you know, in some places that just ten or fifteen years ago was known for their nice shops and, and walking up and down. It, do you would you have a plan to bring that back, or to at least make Erie County business friendly? Yes, I mean there are certainly. The biggest problem, I'll tell you, so he has his storefront revitalization program, thinking that that's the reason why people are coming to these businesses is because they needed prettier front doors and new signs. But I've actually talked to business owners, and I am a business owner, and I've been taking the time to go out in the community, and it's laughable. The problem is just like the problem everywhere else. It's affordability. It's being able to find quality workers it's the overall health of the economy. And if you are not going to address those issues, then those stores are not going to be coming back. You have to figure out ways to get businesses incentivized to open. You need to make their life as easy as possible. You need to support them, not use the government to weaponize them. The other important thing, too, is that we have huge opportunities with ECC that we are not utilizing. There are so many trade jobs that we should try to be creating and promoting through there, which would also help in general with not only the economy, but affordability, because we would have the workers to be able to produce, you know, and and do a lot of these jobs that are needed. Um, and we're not we're not doing that. So that's going to be one of the focuses in my administration is trying to reimagine ECC and get that going better to, to help fill that as well. Now, I know on the Channel 4 debate, you said, um, and I think most of us agree that it's good the bills are staying in Buffalo. But I have to ask you, do you believe the bills were ever going to leave Erie no. County? No, that was not going to happen. Um, I know that he he's trying to take all the credit for it, but we had a lot of people, including Governor Holkel, which I, I will give her a little bit of credit for that. Um, we had Chuck Schumer. There was a lot of people that was going to make sure that that wasn't going to happen, that they weren't going to move. Last thing before the break. I want to get to the blizzard, but I want to do that after the news and give us more time. Uh, but there was something interesting that uh, the county executive mentioned when it comes to uh, the blizzard and you know electric substations freezing up. Yeah. And now I know at the county level, you know that's a state decision. But you're also a leader within the state. Do you think something like that should be uh, a reason to delay the governor's move away from gas initiative? That should be a topic in itself. I think that this gas initiative goes well beyond a problem with that. We're in Buffalo, New York. We don't have the infrastructure in place. We're putting the cart before the horse. We don't have the infrastructure in place to go all electric right now. We're going to be seeing blackouts. We're going to be seeing many issues besides what you mentioned during the blizzards. And that aside, it's not affordable right now. We cannot, you know, we're one of the poorest counties and cities in the entire country, not the state, the country, we are one of the poorest. Is now the time to be um, saying, okay, everybody, uh, you got to buy electric cars and we're going to switch that. And it's only going to make costs go up even more. So we have, we have to prioritize safety and affordability before we can be going down that road. But they, this is where I'm talking about where, where career politicians lose touch with people they lose touch with what is mattering to people, and they lose touch with they have their agenda, and their eyes are, are focused on that, and it's a major issue. 
worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Today, the Buffalo News put out their decision, the editorial. They uh, put their support behind Mark Pullenkars. What's your reaction to that? Yeah, I, uh, that's probably the least surprising thing of the century. Um, you know, the Buffalo News editorial board has really put the final nail in the coffin of its legitimacy. Um, you know, it's lost touch with its readership and the community that it is supposed to proudly serve. And we've reached a point where there's no longer even an attempt to hide how partisan that editorial board is. Um, I think it was written before uh, they even asked me to show up, to be honest with you. And the the, the lack of things that they acknowledged um, is astounding. But, um, you know, it, it just is, it's just sad. I'm still waiting for them, by the way, to apologize to me because they had this beautiful editorial where they said I was wrong on all accounts regarding the migrants. Clearly, I wasn't. If anything, I was right on all accounts because I had said we need a pause. We need to know the logistics. We need to know the vetting process. And I was right. I had the biggest I told you so ever, and they've yet to acknowledge that or apologize or anything. But, you know, the worst of all is that, you know, they also didn't apologize to the two women that were raped and sexually assaulted as a result of the mishandling of this migrant crisis and the lack of vetting and the lack of having any type of real process. Um, They never apologized to the woman that Mark himself abused and his domestic violence issues. So they claim to stand up for women, but they were given an opportunity and they just gloss over these issues. And um, it's not surprising to say the least, but it's a sad, sad showing of what they're representing now. The Buffalo News, I asked the county executive this. They uh, eliminated 130 jobs just last month. Yeah. Uh, would you have done something to try to save those jobs? A- absolutely. And and by the way, the, the 130 jobs for Buffalo News is just a a chip of the iceberg compared to all the other jobs we were losing. Republic Steel, we've lost hundreds of jobs. We had New Era move out of Buffalo. Um, It's happening all over the place. And Geico, I know, is a a national company, but Geico, we're about to lose hundreds of jobs. 
It all boils down to the same issue that I have been talking about since day one. There's an affordability issue and there's zero effort from our government to make things better, to make life more affordable. And it's affecting businesses, it's affecting people, it's affecting our economy, and it's we need change. You mentioned the migrants, and we have migrants less than a mile from the uh, studio right here. Your, your opponent, the county executive, says that you know that's a state and federal issue. But the asylum seekers, migrants, illegal aliens, whatever you want to call them, that are here in the county now, if you took over in January, what would you do with the, one, with the asylum seekers, migrants, illegal aliens that are already in this county? They will be going back. They will be going back. It's as simple as that. Here's the bottom line. Mark said that they were vetted. We were lied to. They are not vetted. Mark said, and I, I think if I heard correctly, he's still claiming that this isn't going to cost Erie County or any of us money. That is also a lie. That is a blatant lie. We are paying right now for the defense and prosecution and jail housing for somebody that raped a woman in front of her three-year-old child. There have been numerous larcenies. There have been other assaults, handful of felonies. We're paying for all of that. Maryvale Schools, I would think it was $400,000, and, and they don't know if they're getting any of that money back. And the thing is, New York City is going bankrupt right now. I saw an article, I think it was last week, that they're, they're looking at now $12 billion. How in the world... Can we pretend that that's not going to end up affecting us here? How in the world can we see that and say, yeah, but they're going to give us money? Um, it, it is absolutely – it's insulting to our intelligence that he says, oh, this isn't going to cost us anything. It's all set. No, it, it already is. It already will. And if it's not costing us actual dollars, it's costing us resources. We are not getting our full service of the government. I spoke to a Maryville High School teacher. She had three students that were in one of her classes, her math classes, that she didn't even know she was getting. She wasn't given any resources, wasn't even sure where they were from. They basically said, oh, these kids, they're 16. They said they're 16. So we're going to, they're going to go in their class. Has no idea their educational background. She has to teach the class three times. She teaches it in English. Then she pulls out her own phone, uses Google Translate, teaches it again in Spanish, and then has to do it again and teach it uh, for a Sudan student. And I believe it, it's some sort of Arabic language that the, the individual from Sudan is speaking. Even if that is fully paid for, how is that good for our students, our, our Maryville students, our, our Erie County students, but also how is that good for the migrant students? What kind of education is that? That you're getting the, the tail end of after having one teacher divide about, out by three. And I know that they'll say, oh, well, we're getting more teacher. Oh, we're figuring it out. No, this is why I ca called for a pause back in May, because these are things that you should have thought about not a week before the school year was meant to, to start, not after they're already here, the horse is out of the barn. And so that is going to continue causing us problems. And if we think the kids are behind enough as it is from COVID and their education, now let's add that on top of that. We have transportation issues. We have a hard time getting kids to school, finding enough bus drivers.
How is this helping anybody in any way? But what is happening is that you have somebody that is more focused on appeasing Albany, appeasing New York City for his political ambitions instead of calling a timeout and saying, you know what? We can't handle this right now. We have other issues that we need to prioritize. We have to get our kids up to speed first. We have to take care of our current Erie County homeless population. There are people, we we have thousands of homeless people in Erie County. It's not talked about much. When I was in Concord um, just on Friday, I found out there's five people living in the woods right behind the senior center. Why is that acceptable? How about they go in a hotel, get a cell phone, get food, get clothing, get money, instead of living in the woods? Those are Erie County residents that we have living in the woods. It's absolutely, how do we say it, morally repugnant how we're treating our own Erie County residents. Speaking of uh, Erie County residents, the blizzard in December, we had the blizzard in November and we had the blizzard in December. I spent three days right here in this studio. Um, 47 people died. And we saw during that blizzard uh, a back and forth with the mayor. um, And we unfortunately lost 47 people. Where would you have handled that blizzard differently? He had days and days to prepare for that blizzard. And before the days and days he had to prepare for that particular blizzard, he had 12 years to get systems in place because this is Buffalo, New York, and it's no surprise at all that we get blizzards. It's been happening forever. So the fact that it's now 12 years later of him being county executive and we saw firsthand the failureship and the leadership of that blizzard that we're supposed to be excited because now he's going to fix it, now he's going to have a better plan – Buddy, it's too late. How I would have done that differently? Well, first of all, I would not have had a few days before the blizzard actually hit, I would have not have had a contest on Twitter um, where people could name the blizzard because that's where his priorities were. I would not be having named the snowplow contest. I would not be I would not have cut it this close. The National Guard should have been there minimally the night before. The road should have been there closed minimally the night before. But he had to cut down to the hours. Can you imagine if there was a Category 5 hurricane coming to Florida and the governor, the county executive in Florida said, oh, the problem with this hurricane is that we thought it was coming at 10.30 a.m., but it actually came at 8.30 a.m. People would be going ballistic. But for some reason here, that's completely acceptable. I don't find that acceptable. And there has been no accountability for that. And not just Mr. Polonkars, any of the people that are supposed to be overseeing our emergency responses. But then, best of all, we have people trapped. We have people dying. We have one of the biggest problems with that storm. And we talked about, you know, the, the electricity and all those different things. We couldn't get our emergency vehicles through because we had cars abandoned. Transit Road was like a parking lot. So they were it was difficult for emergency services to get through when they could. And it was also difficult for the crews to get to the power lines and the various, you know, the various places where they had to go and restore our um, electric. But instead we have Mark Poland cars yelling at Byron Brown and the international headlines, instead of us being a city of good neighbors, instead of us being resilient through a storm, the international headlines were government officials, you know, argue with each other during storm. And 
focus. You need to be saving people's lives right now, not uh, yelling at Byron Brown on an international platform. It was so embarrassing. I got to ask you, because he obviously lately has been talking about how Byron Brown's uh, supporting his campaign. Are you disappointed that Byron Brown, after that, is supporting the county executive? Is he? Is that something that Mark just said? Or did That's he... a good question. I probably should have checked that first. Yeah, I think we need to fact check that because, I, I mean, I I missed that. I didn't see anything. But um, I, either way, though, they're both politically heavily involved within their Democratic Party, so I'm not going to take anything personally. You know, I, I, I guess I wouldn't be surprised, but I would love somebody to fact check that. Also, during the blizzard, um, you talked about the, uh, you know, transit road. And I remember driving from here back to uh, my apartment. And you're right, transit road was it was almost impossible even a few days later. Do you think the investment is in county equipment on top of early warning? Uh, how, how do we get after the snow falls, get people back on the street? Well, I think it's a combination of the two, but when I, I can tell you that the biggest issue was communication problems. And I know firsthand because of my father being the town supervisor and also a first responder. Um, he's a, a volunteer fireman of almost 50 years. And a good portion of the people that were in the warming stations that had to be rescued, that were stuck on Transit Road, were actually people that were not from here. They were traveling through from... Um, the East Coast, they were traveling through from Canada because it was right before the holidays. And you, we had people from Connecticut. We had people from Toronto. We had people from Boston. There were people that were traveling through that had no idea that the roads were even closed or what was going on because the system that was in place was uh, Mark Polencar's Twitter account and maybe some news stories. But if they're driving through and listening to their satellite radio and unaware of any of the local news, how in the world are they supposed to know? And so what happened is that they were on the throughway. They discovered that the throughway was closed. So then they pulled off and then were driving on the roads such as Transit Road and they got stuck. Um, so it, it it's a combination of all of that. There needs to be a lot better communication. We need big improvement. We have snowmobile clubs we have the equipment we have we know what we need to do we're just not doing it and so that needs a change do you think there should have also been a communication with businesses because i remember i was here um and the grocery stores down the street one closed at 11 after the travel ban another one closed at two do you think the county should have been in touch with those businesses to say hey it's time to close this thing is coming in and your employees need to get home the county again should have had everything closed the night before my husband is a pharmacist, and he actually had to work that day. It's a miracle he was able to get home. And he, he, I remember him getting there thinking, not even sure when they were going to close that day. Then it was, oh, we're closing at 1 o'clock. Then it was, oh, we're closing at 11 o'clock. And it really wasn't even the county's decision. The, the businesses just started panicking because they realized that they were going to get stuck themselves. Um, but he put commerce ahead of the safety of the people. It, they should have been closed the night before. And, you know, the biggest problem to among all this, everything that we just talked about with this blizzard is that he has yet to take any accountability. And most of all, he's yet to say, I'm sorry. God forbid he just admits that mistakes were made and that there were things that he could have done differently and say, I'm sorry. But that's not happening. And it's it's very disappointing. This was a question I wanted to get to the county executive. Uh, I asked him about the police report in 
uh, August, but you also brought this up on Channel 4. Uh, Len Dixon in 2019 called him a bully. Do you believe Mark Polonkars is a bully? I think Mark Polonkars is worse than a bully. Lynn Dixon called him a bully, but he's worse because he put his hands on women. And that is a legal document. That police report is a legal document. So either two things are happening. Either the woman that filed the police report is lying, which is illegal, or Mark Polonkars is not taking accountability. It's one or the other. I will say that um, he has a pattern of unhinged behavior, and, and he's a hypocrite. He has the rules for thee and not for me, but he does have a reputation of being a bully. Um, I have several people that have witnessed it firsthand, um, how he treats employees, how he treats fellow supervisors, how he treats the media, um, how he treats Byron Brown. I mean, he has a clear pattern. He threatened to shoot a process server which was another police report, which is another legal document that is showing this pattern of behavior. Um, and, you know, I don't care if you're Republican or Democrat. If you want to move forward, I'm going to be treating you with respect. I'm not going to be bullying you. I'm not going to be diminishing you. I'm not going to talk to you like you're some child. You have to have this level of respect and the self-control. And clearly that's missing in his pattern of unhinged behavior. Final thing, um, and he brings this up at every debate. It's on his website. He's got a website of your old tweets. And I know you've talked about this. I mean, it seems like it's the first question people ask you. Um, but what do you say about those tweets? And if there's someone right now who says, I like everything I'm hearing. I like what you're saying. Yeah. But I go back to these tweets that the kind of executive keeps talking about. What's your response to them? You know, it's funny because as I've gone around talking to thousands of people at this point, um, I have found that that's not what matters to them. My tweets did not cause 47 deaths. My tweets didn't cause businesses to shut down during COVID and didn't have that excessive, you know, overpowering emergency powers and, and ruling this like it, it was, you know, a dictatorship. Uh, my tweets didn't cause a bad breakup that led to a domestic violence report. And actions speak louder than words. And Mark's actions speak volumes. And people are not worrying about the tweets. When it comes to their lives and it comes to the future of Erie County, are some tweets that I had that, by the way, are dramatically taken out of context, is that really going to affect their life? No. What's going to matter is real leadership and people that are going to put the best interests of Erie County residents first. This is my final question. I said that was my final question. This yeah, is my final question. That's okay. He keeps talking about um, how your father has, you know, said nice things about him, and I, I don't know if he's put that in a campaign or not. Um, but does your father support your campaign? Oh my gosh, my my father one hundred percent supports a campaign. It's amazing the the things. That's why I want you to fact check too about Byron Brown. Um, I know I don't actually believe it or not talk about politics a lot with my dad, but I can tell you that there were many things, particularly in the debates, that were just simply invented. My dad, the one thing I respect about my dad is that he works well with both Republicans and Democrats, and that's something that I hope to do with my administration. Not hope, I will do with my administration. But in no way does that mean that my father in any way thinks, you know, is is saying what Mark Polonkars has claimed. And what I have found is that many supervisors feel the same way. 
they are ready for change. They're ready to work with somebody that respects them and will have good communication with them and is not going to treat them like, you know, they're beneath him, but we're together as a community to make great things happen for Erie County. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 